Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hi, this is Delisa Milton Jones, and you're listening to Dishing and Splitting. Hi, everybody. This is David Siegel, your host for the Dishin' and Swishin' podcasts. And it's the end of year 2016, and it was quite an eventful year for women's basketball. And here at Dishin' and Swishin', we started to try and think about, you know, everybody gives out their year-end awards. They talk about player of the year and coach of the year and stuff. But, you know, here we wanted to go a little bit beyond that because there were some exceptional years. You could look at the – the years that certain players had, and they were phenomenal on both the college and the pro level and certain coaches and such. But without getting too much into names and things, but there was one person that had a year that just sort of transcended the on and off the court. And it's a person that we are dubbing the ambassador of women's basketball for 2016. The person that, the one person that if you wanted to discuss all that's good about the game, this is the person that you would refer to. And that is the most valuable player in the WNBA, the person that led the Los Angeles Sparks to a WNBA championship, and that is Neka Ogwumike. And there, there is no better person than to talk about Neka because Neka does not like to talk about Neka. So who else should we bring in but my favorite member of the Connecticut Sun, Sister Chanae, and it's always a pleasure to have Chanae on Dishon and Swishin. How are you, Chanae? I'm doing well, thank you, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Early New Year. And to you two and to all of the Agumake clan gathered together. Now, now the first thing that makes NECA a transcendent person is, did I see right that she has ordered so much that you guys actually got catering <laughs> from Chipotle? I think that was the first, you know, qualification for ambassador of the game, um, Chipotle status. So she ate so much Chipotle. Uh, in three months that she got hot fire status for, for each month that she earned free catering for 20. So she was supposed to actually give the catering to her team after they won the championship. But since everyone has to go overseas so quickly, we settled for uh, our family having it uh, over Christmas break, which was really nice. So <laughs> we all, I've had like triple chicken on everything, free guac. It's been great. <laughs> I, definitely, that is clearly the first qualification because everybody knows that all WNBA players just about seem to live at Chipotle. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so, and Chipotle, if you're listening, we could use a sponsor for dishing and swishing. Okay, so oh, that'll be fantastic but, for both both you and I. <laughs> so, so you know, before we get to NECA, quickly, I know our people, our listeners, want to hear about your injury, your heal, how you're healing and uh, how you you yourself are feeling and enjoying time off at the holidays. Yeah, I mean, it's just another unfortunate thing that has happened, but I think my previous injury has set me up to understand how to get things done. So um, I unfortunately was injured, but I got my injury fixed within, what, three, four days, and I'm already on the path to recovery. I, I'm walking with a boot, so I'm really excited about how, how quick I've turned the corner and never had to waste and feel sorry or anything. I just have been able to rehab and to recover very fast. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to, um, I, you know, I gave a heads up to my coach, Coach Tara Vandergrift at Stanford, that this happened. And she said, man, sometimes people will do whatever it takes to be home for the holidays. And it was, I started laughing. I was like, she's still joking. Um, I think my my spirits are high. Everyone that knows me knows that this is tough. But 
I try to emerge tougher, you know, stronger than before. So it's it's another bump in the road, but I'm very optimistic, especially with how I learned a lot from my right knee. So I've learned how far scientists come with athletes, and you know, another injury doesn't really can, doesn't won't affect you. It's just how you attack the recovery. So I'm attacking it well. Well, and as you and I were saying off the air, you know, NECA has gotten that MVP now, so you're going to become, you're trying to become the first repeat winner of the Comeback Player comeback of the Year. Comeback Player award. of the Year. Absolutely, yeah. I'm gonna try, I, you know, that was the whole plan in the first point. You know, I just wanted to see if it was possibly two-time Comeback Player of the Year. So we'll see if that happens. Either that or we figured you were really just trying to see how Kurt Miller enjoyed uh, being head coach and GM now. Uh, you know, <laughs> see if you could give him a little agita for the holidays. I know, right? Just give him a quick headache real quick. Well, we're glad that you're feeling better and your spirits are high, and, you know, we know that you take care of business when it comes to rehab, so that's no concern. But, Thank you. Know, you. So so, let, so let, let's cross the bridge and talk talk about our, our ambassador of the year. NECA is one of those people that when I've seen she is one of the hardest working people on and off the court, you know, the way that she has shown – for, you know, there was gradual improvement in her stats each year, and then all of a sudden this year, something seemed to be different. It like every, it's like everything clicked, and just from the percentages, the averages per game, she she just became that type of player that is just amazing. Well, I think it just starts with her selflessness, and people saw that um, at Stanford, and then now in the WNBA. And people tend to forget that, you know, at Stanford, she came in as a freshman and a sophomore and had some really great vets ahead of her. She had Jane Appel, she had Kayla Peterson, Jeanette Poland. And so she sort of just waits for her moment. And when her moment comes, she's very prepared. She's worked hard to be prepared. And that happened at Stanford that propelled her to becoming a number one pick. And so when NECA gets drafted to the Sparks, she has Candace Parker, Elena Beard, Christy Tolliver, a lot of great vets again. And so she she automatically just waits her time. And I think uh, this past year, the team and the way they played was very unselfish in a way that the ball was shared, the, um, the open person took the shots, and more so they were just competitive. You know, it was like whoever could get the job done that night did it, and it just seemed to work in NECA's benefit, moving the ball with how hard she works and moves without, you know, the ball. And just her, her work overseas as well. Uh, she really advanced her game, developed her, her long-range shot and then three-point shot. And so everything, just like you said, clicked at the right time. And the funny thing is we've known what NECA has been capable of for at the professional level for a while because we've witnessed it, you know, as sisters watching her play those games that no one really sees overseas and seeing her ethic in the gym and how she doesn't take possessions off even in the WNBA in practice. Well, she'll even practice when people get, you know, rest. So we saw that all was there. It's just that other people noticed it based on the style of the Sparks, their unselfishness, and then finally her work coming to fruition due to that style. It did seem like Brian Agler brought in a, a change in the way that the Sparks handled things. That Maybe it was a little bit more of respect for his system with the success that he's had over the years or whatever, but you know, it did seem like those other people that you mentioned, the Parkers, Beard, Tolliver, all these people that have done it all themselves as well, uh, done had successful things, really bought into the entire system, and Brian seemed to really relish the opportunity to let NECA shine and get her the ball in places where she could do her damage. Yeah, I agree. I think Coach Agler did a great job, and like you said, this was his second year with the team, 
And the first year is tough. Trust me, we know. I'm coming from Connecticut. First year with a coach is difficult. You have to learn the system. You have to trust the system. Um, but then I think that this year they were comfortable. They came in knowing what they were going to do. And then on top of it, they had the mentality of that they're tired of losing. Um, they're tired of losing after putting themselves in good positions to win, especially in the playoffs. So that mentality, like Neck and I talk all the time about how she would get on Candace and Candace would get on NECA and NECA would get on AB and AB would get on Candace. So it would be like everyone holding each other accountable every possession. And, and they were just hungry. You saw they started off the year extremely hungry. So that, that was a, you know, that's where teams that are best are, are built and they eventually win because they hold each other accountable. They're extremely competitive and they trust in the coach. If you trust in the coach, you trust your teammates and, you know, trust the system. I think that's the the key component for championship teams. Now, you had mentioned uh, the time, the fact that she had had these great people that she played with at Stanford, too. And, of course, one of those years she was at Stanford was the 2010 season where they ended the UConn streak of 90 consecutive wins. So I are, you, are you are – I thought this was about NECA. Are we segueing to streaking UConn? No, I would not do that. Never. Come on. <laughs> this is about NECA. Let me finish. I thought because what I, because what I was about to say, you, you are so funny. What I was about what I was about to say was I saw all kinds of people talking about that team and that game today on Twitter and remembering the shooting that Jeanette Poland had and how exciting that game was because Maryland had played such an exciting game. Now, as you go back and look at that time period, I remember the NECA had quite an impact on that game as well. Throughout her entire time in, in, in Stanford, that was when I first remember seeing a younger NECA start to take over and be more of a force inside and outside, just being able to handle the ball and do things with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a big moment for our entire team. Um, and uh, with NECA, I, I mean, I, I think by her senior year, she was unstoppable. It's sort of like all those experiences from being a, a freshman fighting for, you know, a position to play and then also, you know, learning a system and learning how to play with other talented players. By the time it came to her senior year, they, we were like unleashed a monster. And that's what you see every possession when you see someone like shorter at 6'2", go and out-rebound a 6'5", or someone that, you know, is a, it, it may seem like it's an out-of-reach play, like the last play uh, for the Sparks that eventually won them the championship the, the, with three seconds left make a play you know it's you unleash something where she she there's no obstacle um and it's that mental toughness that that really propels her forward and um but like you said yeah Stanford it, there were some great memories on the farm and that game was a huge one for all of us and I think there's like an iconic picture of NECA like jumping off of one leg at half court in celebration and, and I will segue to UConn because of course what they're about to do I know that was a, a great win for them what they're about to do is huge, and it just shows you how 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 transcendent um, the culture of winning is when you play the right way. But yeah, I, I do, I do. I, it was funny. I got a tweet today. Someone said, "Oh, Stanford's about to break, break the streak, and there are no like Ogumakes and Poland to stop them this time." So we're hyped, we're excited. Um, <laughs> so I was laughing today at that tweet. But I mean, it, it, it's cool to be a part of such great teams, and I think. You know, people tend to forget that you learn how to win early. We learned in high school. We, You know, we fought in AAU to become good players, and then we learned how to win in high school, and then we learned skill sets in college, and then everything comes together in the pros, and that's how it's worked for NECA. 
you know, one thing. Well, since since you brought up UConn now, let, let's talk oh. a little bit about Gino, about Gino for a second, though. And NECA, I was at the USA training camp that was held in stores earlier mm-hmm. on this year, and everybody made the big deal about Candace being left off the team uh, after being on it previously. But NECA was fire there. I I was surprised that NECA didn't get more. There wasn't more of an uprising about NECA not making that team because of the way that she had played in those trials. Now, everybody talked about Candace and the fire that it could have lit under her. She took the high road and never really said anything much about it. Did, oh, you know, yeah. What, with, with NECA, what, what do you think, uh, you know, how, what kind of impact does something like that have in the driving force that she became this year? Does something like that, you know, does she just look at that as something that it further spurs her on, or is it, okay, my time will come another time? Or How, how does somebody like NECA, who, who is such a competitor, look at that yeah. type of situation? Well, I can tell you how little sis felt about it. <laughs> but, I mean, NECA, um, she's very unfazed. You know, you know when you're playing a game and it feels like the odds are against you, but you still motivate yourself to keep pushing? That's how she sort of plays. And that's just another example of it. And, you know, me personally, I, I wasn't able to really uh, go to those camps because of my situation previously, you know, with right. the injuries. But I would be on the phone after every practice, every session, morning and afternoon sessions, after every, you know, the world championship games where she was playing so well in the world championship and then, you know, the dynamics of the team changed during the actual games. You know, and I and I heard feedback from a lot of great players about how she was – I mean, every step of the way we are evaluating her chances – and I will tell you that we felt as a family 100% confident that she was she would be hopefully on that team based on how she was feeling and performing and way her, the way her game was trending. So when something like that happens where you, you feel so close and you feel like you've earned it and it doesn't happen, as a little sister, you know, I, was, I, was, I wasn't happy, you know. I was disappointed that um, – we. I mean, you can't think you can be disappointed in so much talent, but you feel like someone has worked so hard and, and has um, – has not been recognized for how hard she's worked. If you compare like like type of talent over the years, you know, um, it just it just really stinks. And and I think it's not necessarily what I think she would have won a championship regardless this year mm-hmm. because that's how intense her her mindset was to winning a championship and to and MVP was just a bonus. She just approached this year with a mentality that has been building building. You know, the competitor, like you said. Um, but I do think that you don't want to add fuel to a fire, and, and that's a possibility. You add fuel to a fire when you get disappointed. I mean, my dad has a saying, every disappointment is a blessing. Um, everything, you know, just because uh, we don't articulate how we're feeling doesn't mean we, we don't feel it. You know, we felt disappointed in her not being able to. It was, you know, it's hard to watch, watch an Olympics when you feel like your older sister could have been playing. But at the same time, you're so happy for those players there that are, you know, achieving for your country. But, I mean, I personally feel like she earned it. And and it's tough because people say, oh, well, you can't predict how she was playing, you know, that she was going to be an MVP. You can't predict that. But, I mean, I think it's our job to recognize that and to, and to recognize, you know, people's talents and, and, and their windows of opportunity for making Olympics, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, Candace was a big name, and it was obviously a unique situation. But for them to be teammates going through the same kind of, I guess you can say, heartbreak, I think it just adds more fuel. It adds more intensity, but I don't think they really like per, like perseverated over it. They were focused on the championship from day one for, with LA and 
and um, that would have been an honor. So I, I, I guess as a little sister, it was tough for me, really tough, knowing how hard she worked. But it sort of makes it worth it, them winning a championship and her winning MVP. So, like, you know, obviously there's no love lost. But I'm, I'm hoping that next year or next time around it'll be different. <laughs> well, it would be nice to see two of Kays on the team then the next go-around. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you stick to that. <laughs> well, stay healthy. Well, yeah. Okay. Hey, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> okay. Well, now the other thing is the other the other thing that makes NECA the person that I wanted to put into this position that we were talking about is the fact that you know you go you guys go to Stanford. You know you're coming away with this tremendous education, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a person that's socially active, politically involved. You, know, you guys have been vocal about what's going on throughout with social media, both in situations internationally and domestically. And, and you know, then the next step, NECA even takes over when Catch retires and takes over as the player union, players' union in a position where she can have an, a direct impact right there. You know, just talk for a second about your your sister, the activist, for a second, and, and how much that means to to her and to you to watch to watch what she does and how that influences you as well. Well, it's funny. Um, the, the first time Neca was uh, WNBA, uh, Neca, I think she was vice president uh, for a while. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. previously she was vice president. Yeah, and um, and that role she was nominated. So she didn't really actively seek it out. It just came to her, and she, she got presented the opportunity she learned about it, and she said, you know what, this is something I really want to do, WMBTA vice president. And then after being involved at the highest levels of, you know, advocating on players' behalf, she was like, you know what, this is something I could see myself furthering. And she got a, she built a really great relationship with Tamia Catching, Swing Cash, um, and so many others that really had taught her the way and paved the way that she felt like it was her turn, her turn to carry the torch. Um, but even more so, it's just natural and it's organic with her because it's in her personality. She's a very selfless person. She's a great listener. She cares a lot about each and every one that comes through. You know, I always say, neck and I sisterhood has sort of become contagious. She treats every teammate now as a sister, whether you're on her team or on another team. If she, if that person has an issue, she's trying to lend a hand up. So she would listen to a lot of people's issues and try to help. And I think she realized that, you know, especially with Tamika leaving, it just felt right and that she felt like she could really help use her um, her experiences and then also her motivation to really help the league grow and, and to really – I mean, this last campaign, Watch me, watch Us Work, it's the most authentic campaign we've had in the WNBA for a while that people have resonated with, you know, outside of our fan bases. And she wants to see that grow and also help find more ways for us to see, see more authentic so that we can grow. Um, our fans and and all that stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's just something that's very natural to her. Uh, she's a caring person. I mean, she's the first of us four, um, and our mom. She's like our mom, our sister mom. So it's just a natural, seamless thing for her. But she's been very. I mean, she's passionate about a lot, but she's most more so passionate about helping each and every one grow within themselves. I mean, that's what she learned at Stanford: how to empower each person to be to play better, you know. And and now it's more so in a different capacity. Um, but help our our league grow. Um, so it, it's just very – and it's cool. She sort of recruited me too. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails and stuff that can tend to dissuade people. <laughs> Things that when you're overseas playing in Russia or in China, you get conference calls in the middle of the night, and she's never once complained. And once I 
learned about that, I was like, okay, she's truly passionate about this. This is really cool. Maybe I should come and help her, you know, ground things from U.S. while she's abroad. Well, you know, it is something that people don't think about, like you write, you said, about the being overseas and the time differences and things like that. Uh, it, it's just something that that is tremendous. So, so let me ask you. I'm gonna put you on the spot for a second. You see oh. everything that your you see everything that your sister is and everything your sister does. What is the one quality that you envy, respect, whatever how you want to put it, that she has the most that you really want to try and, you know, if you could get that for yourself, you would be a very very happy sister. I would say that it is. Um, I mean, the funny thing is, I'm a you know me, I'm a firecracker, and that is the calm one. And so she's, like, growing up in in our household, she's taught me how to tame what makes me crazy. (laughs) And then also, you know, like, there's a time and a place for everything. So she's really just balanced. We balance each other. But she's really helped me slow down and figure out what I really want. And then when you figure out what you want, you attack it with a force, right? Uh, And I think this past year you've seen how focused she has been, and, like, if I could get that kind of laser focus that would allow me to go 23 for 23 in two consecutive games, that would be awesome. But it's not just basketball. It's, like, when she wants to do something, she gets it done. And um, there's no distractions. And, she, like, for instance, like, I when it came to the championship, I've always said as a little sis, like, it's my job to, to be the safety net. Like, if, she, if something happens the way that she doesn't plan or something's disappointing, say she loses. I'm the one who's trying to prep her so that she doesn't feel bad about it. That's our daughter's little sister. So, like, with this whole championship thing, I was, like, freaking out because I wasn't I wasn't around, and I was scared that if things would go wrong, how would she handle it? You know, it would be tough because she worked so hard, and this is, it's so close. And so I'm here preparing, and it sounds crazy, but I'm here preparing, like, okay, if they lose, how am I going to make her feel better? Like, how is this going to how is this going to work? And And she never once, I'm telling you, this is throughout the entire year, she never once thought she would lose a game this year. She never once thought she would lose uh, the first round of championship, second round of championship. She never once thought she was going to lose at one point. And so I think it's that unwavering belief and self-confidence that, that they're going to win a championship. And, it, and if you don't believe it, well, then bye. You know, that type of stuff to me is really inspiring and motivating um, because, like, everyone favors – I think they were underdogs. You know, a lot of people favor Minnesota. A lot of people favored um, Phoenix, especially with the return of, you know, Diana. So uh, that that whole self-confidence and the the unbridled, you know, focus, looking forward, tunnel vision, that's what I want because that's what, what champions are made of. And, you know, and it's funny because it's like my sister, but I tend to forget, like, oh, God, she's got really, like, street cred in our house because she's the MVP and champion. And that's something I still, you know, we all still aspire to be. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, the differences between the two of you, you know, about being the firecracker and the more subdued. I remember the first time I went to interview NECA, you know, in person, you know, I'd ask a question. Now, one of the great things about you is I can say about six words and then you'll proceed to speak for about ten minutes. And it's it's wonderful. Now, NECA, I said like six words and she answered me in three. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. (laughs) You got to find the right one. This isn't how it's supposed to be with an Aguamakaya. Yeah. Yeah, we're so, it's funny. A lot of people meet us, and, and they, like, after talking to me, they'll approach NECA the same way, and they'll expect a me answer. But we, we always say we're not twins. You know, we're completely different people, even though I claim we're twins, just to confuse people, just to mess with people's heads. <laughs> well, 
one thing I can say about both of you is that you are both tremendous statesmen and sportsmen, and I mean that in that order in the most positive of ways. I think that you guys, you know, do transcend the game, both of you. In particular, this past year, though, belonged to NECA. She On the court, you know, one of the, only the seventh person to ever be, win a championship and become MVP in the league in the same year. You know, everything that she's done off the court, you know, the things that you've did, done with uh, charitable organizations and setting up uh, things for doing things with kids, you know, has been fantastic. And then even getting, you know, getting more involved in the players' union, you know, to me that makes NECA the ambassador for basketball for 2016 that I would like to have represent the sport at any time in any place. Well, that's music to my ears. You know, it's awesome. She's my biggest role model. Um, so uh, it's just, it's just sort of surreal. This past year, I mean, it's funny. Everyone talks about how horrible 2016 was, you know, was with, there's a lot of people we've lost, celebrities and stuff like that and issues that have happened and the drama with the election and stuff like that. And then obviously this last thing that has sidelined me, but we look back and we're like, dang, 2016 was pretty great. Uh, we're blessed in our family and our household and, and we really appreciate people like you as well, you know, that have, supported us from day one, especially in Connecticut. You know, those people really are our fans. <laughs> well, thank you very much, today. I want to wish you a happy and healthy New Year, and the same to all of the all of the members in the family, and uh, congratulations to NECA. Please pass on our words to, to her, and we look forward to spending more time with both of you on and off the court as time permits as we move on. Absolutely. Happy New Year, everybody.